Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen. Andy's at home waiting for someone to put in his countertops. I'm not really sure what he's actually doing. He's probably playing golf or something, right, Matt? He's probably playing video games or something. He's probably got the old Nintendo 64 or something out and just playing around while we're on the show, doing the hard work, keeping the lights on here. Yes. But Matt, of course, joins us. He's going to be here, help us with some baseball. I don't think we have any college football today, so you have to listen to the Blogger Bowl. But how you doing, bud? I'm doing well. There is a college football game tonight. It's West Virginia. It's at Virginia Tech. But it's there's a lot of line movement. I don't really have much feel on it. The, the total's a little bit high. But other than that, it's just it feels like a stay-away game for me. So I didn't really give too much out on that. But uh, we have NFL football tonight, which I'm very excited about, even though it might not be the greatest of games. The professionals are on the field, and yeah, it seems like it's going to be kind of an ugly game. Um, I was looking at the forecast here. Wind in Pittsburgh tonight going to be around 15 miles an hour. So at the stadium, you know, again, right, it's right at a really very windy part of the city. Could be even higher than that. We know that, you know, when it comes to weather, wind is really bad for points. Um, much less field goals. Much harder to throw the ball. And I was joking before the show here. I, I don't know if I can find a Jacoby Brissett attempts. Um, over or under, and I'd have to figure out what the rule is if like passes behind the line of scrimmage count. But uh, we just might see both of these teams just run the ball all, all game. What do you think? Yeah, that kind of it's kind of what it feels like to me. And I think if, if both teams are running the ball constantly throughout the night, I think that definitely favors the Browns because Najee Harris hasn't looked totally healthy, and then obviously Cleveland has the two-headed monster at running back. So I think that kind of leans towards that. And I think that that oh, that total just seems very high for a windy night in Cleveland. Um, so I'm not really sure. I, I definitely lean towards that under, I would like to think right now, especially if both teams are going to want to run the ball. And, you know, Mike Tomlin with what he's gotten from the quarterback play is probably going to try to establish that run early. Uh, I'm not sure they fully trust Mitch and they probably shouldn't. And then Cleveland, like we said, with the with two running backs, they're just going to try and I think run the hell out of the ball. And if you can find that Jacoby Brissett uh, attempts, let, let me know. I'd love to, I'd love to 26 and a half. I'm looking at, Ooh, I think that's a little high. I mean, it, it does. It seems like they're just going to be handing the ball off. And again, I'll have to double check and see what the rules are and stuff. But yeah, with all the wind that's going out tonight with the running backs that Cleveland has already, it's, it is hard to see them throwing the ball. And, and we know Pittsburgh has tried to throw the ball a lot with Mitch, but uh, to limited success so far. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was really, as a as a Bears fan who liked Mitch, I was really hoping he would find some success here with Pittsburgh. I thought it would be a pretty good landing spot. And no, it's, it's still early. They are one and one, but uh, he hasn't looked totally great or comfortable in that offense. They don't have um, the, the running game hasn't really been getting going for him. I hope he can figure it out, but it seems like uh, it might be a mirror mirror image to his rookie season where he kind of overtook Mike Glennon by week five as, as the rookie kind of supplanted the veteran. It seems like the, the Kenny Pickett calls and voices are going to get a lot louder uh, as the Steelers offense continues to not really produce. So I think we might see him in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and the only thing I'll say about the total is the weird thing about the wind and the way both of these teams can and like to run the ball, it might kind of be a sneaky over spot or maybe look at like total touchdowns in the game over something because I think you're going to see teams more apt to run on fourth and one, fourth and two, run mm -hmm. when they get close down there in the goal line and keep trying to press for points because it's going to be so hard to kick. But um, probably maybe look at some goofy props like that. I mean, of course, we have first touchdowns. I was going to say, speaking of goofy props, can you win me goofy. some money this on a first touchdown this score? This is the best bet in sports. This isn't goofy. Uh, uh, well, you know what I mean. It, all props are a little bit goofy. This is my. This is the most fun bet in sports, in my opinion. I absolutely. I starting with you. You know, following the show more last year and being on the show and seeing these just about every week. I got very into these last year, and I plan on continuing it this year. 
Okay, best bet in sports. And, you know, we were a little too optimistic last time we talked about these. We had the parlays up, a lot of optimism. So going to be a little more fatalistic this time because as we look up the list here, you will see there are no running backs. Um, and that really does feel like who it's going to be. But, uh, you know, I look at some of the prices here, um, you know, Nick Chubb, depending on where you look, you're looking at plus 400, maybe plus 500 at best. Kareem Hunt is even seven, eight to one. Um, Najee Harris, seven to one. Just really tough to trust any of those picks from a value perspective. I mean, if you're doing a same game parlay or something, or you really have a strong feel for either of those guys, I was hoping to get Kareem Hunt at 10, but I think it just speaks to what the market and everyone is expecting from this game, not only in terms of the style, but um, just what both of these teams like to do. So I figure it'll be a running back. And then we've had a couple of big name guys, Matt, that I haven't picked. So I stared at the board for quite some time and we had Horvath, we had Reggie Gillum. And as much as I want to bet Zach Gentry at 50 to one, that is the number floating in the back of my head. He averages one target a game, folks. So I can't, I can't do it, but we've got a pretty full list. We've got another tight end, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Pat Fryermuth, um, leading the team in targets, I believe, or, or just second, pretty close, actually, after Deontay Johnson, really a big body. Trubisky looks for him all the time, especially when they get inside the red zone. Again, only two games this year, but has, I believe, just as many red zone targets as does Johnson. If not, it's I think he's only behind one. And 14 to one, it gets a team in Cleveland that has struggled a little bit historically against the tight end. Again, only two games through the season, but... This defense, when you look at it, I think given how much they look and try to focus, I believe, on the pass rush, I think they give up a little bit of space in the middle of the field. They were a great team for tight ends to score against last year. So give me Fryermuth, 14 to 1. Chase Claypool, um, you know, again, not getting a ton of targets, but really getting a lot of usage is kind of a you know, utility player, if you will. They're running a lot of sweeps with him. He gets some rushing attempts, um, you know, does get a couple targets, especially when they get close to the red zone, 16 to one. And I said, it's going to be a running back and hopefully I'm right, but it's Chase Claypool is a running back here. Uh, again, I think there's a good chance we see a sweep when they get close. He's been getting a lot of looks from Mitch and um, we know the way Cleveland sets up, they'll probably be blanketing Johnson pretty much the whole game while focusing on the run. So good chance for Claypool there. Um, both tight ends to the Browns here. David Njoku and Harrison Bryant, um, you know, maybe Joku hasn't quite lived up to what some people thought as a fantasy football sleeper, but continues to be high in terms of targets, um, especially in the red zone, like both of these guys, um, Harrison Bryant, actually, and he's just past Jacoby Brissett there, um, has a little more targets in the red zone than Joku does so far this year. So both of those guys, 22 and 28. And then the quarterbacks, again, I think there's going to be a lot of running tonight. Um, I think we'll see a lot of teams going for it, fourth and one, fourth and two, especially close to the goal line. Jacoby Brissett and, and Mitch Trubisky are guys that still run the ball. We don't see really as many design runs for either guy, but not afraid to take a quarterback sneak, not afraid to roll out and try to take it in themselves. So give me both quarterbacks there. Again, a nice list tonight, but let's hope it's one of these guys and not one of those stinking running backs. Now I see AD there floating around in the chat. No touchdown, 150 to 200 to one. Very intriguing. And a lot of people have been betting on this. That's a pretty big number. Um, I think there's, we get a game about every two years or so without a touchdown. I think which ends up being, it should be like closer to three, 400 to one or something goofy like that. But 150 to one, 200 to one. What do you think about that, Matt? I, I like those tight end looks. I really do because I think, like you said, you're going to have a lot of a lot of running the ball, and I think teams are these two teams are going to get into the red zone, get into that you know goal to go situation by running the ball. 
but I could very much see, you know, loading up the line, getting into a goal line type set on the one on the two and pulling off a play action flip to a tight end in the back. Or like you said, both quarterbacks, well, there's not many design runs, um, at least from a Mitch perspective. I saw him more than enough times not want to trust his arm and try and tuck and run. He's more than capable of doing that. So is Jacoby Brissett. So I, I really like those tight ends and the quarterback looks in this one because I think it's going to be the best type of misdirection we can kind of get from the run if the run's not necessarily working on the goal line or if, you know, a first and goal dive play doesn't really work. Yeah, Hoff, look at it. It was either DraftKings or BetMGM that had Joku. There's a couple 20 to 1 floating out there. I'd play that at 18 to 1 or better. But yeah, I, I think there's I do a good like chance. I like throwing the Hunt and uh, Hunter Chubb into a same game parlay, like you were saying. I, I really like that too. If you're going to put one in tonight, maybe putting in two with each of those in the same game parlay, I think is a very good idea because that would juice that to hell. Yeah, no, it's uh, it'll be a fun little piece, and if the Browns win that game, it probably kind of starts that way. But yeah, yeah, I like that. No touchdown, one fifty or better. I'll sprinkle a little bit on that if I can find it. Uh, I have doing? some baseball. Unfortunately, yeah, I don't have any day baseball bets, but there is a ton of day baseball today. Okay, good. I need to take a nap today, so that'll be a nice uh, baseball will, game in the background. It's good nap conditions. Uh, one, one bet I didn't throw out here because I didn't love the value, but the Mariners are minus one and a half at home against, I forgot who they're, or the A's in the pitching matchup is very heavily in their favor. I think that's a three o'clock-ish start for you. Uh, so keep an eye on that one. Maybe take them minus one and a half or their first half uh, you know, run line, something like that. But I do have two bets tonight. Um, I'm, I'm going to be fading my white Sox, but I'm going to actually kind of twice here. I'll, I'll get, I'll get to it for the Astros first half result. Um, really just tried to find any possible way to find some value on Justin Verlander throwing tonight, who is, uh, back in the driver's seat ahead of Dylan Cease for the AL Cy Young award. He's been fantastic. Um, just recently came back off the IL and had a six in a six scoreless inning start. I think he's going to be very, very good tonight against the Baltimore team that, I know they were fun for a while, but it just seems like the young guys are running out of gas a little bit, and that, that kind of happens with these young teams playing longer seasons than they're used to. It's unfortunate, but they seemed, they were close. They were really, really close, but they just dropped two out of three to the Tigers. They lost the series to the Blue Jays. They're just a little bit out of gas, and Justin Verlander's starting to gear himself back up for the playoffs, so it's not like he's taking time off here or easing himself back into October. He had an IL stint. He kind of needs to ramp himself back up for the playoffs. I did find a little bit later in poking around um, on Caesars, they had Justin Verlander to record the win tonight at Mm -hmm. minus 104. So a little bit better value at a similar type bet there. Not quite the same, but kind of same idea. Their value on Verlander against the Orioles. And I'm fading my White Sox here. Shane Bieber over six and a half strikeouts. Bieber has had a... 20, uh, 20 strikeouts in his last three starts. So he's averaging right at that six and a half number. I think he's seven twice and six once. Um, he's been very good. He throws really well against the White Sox, and the White Sox are uh, pretty much dead in the water the last couple of nights. They haven't been able to hit. Uh, the, the division race effectively ended Monday night, even though it wasn't official. And last night, the White Sox got struck out 13 times by Tristan McKenzie. They lost six to two. They were making a whole bunch of errors here and there. So uh, bet the Guardians early and bet uh, Shane Bieber's over six and a half strikeouts plus 114. The White Sox have been putting in just kind of terrible at bats all season. They have trouble laying off pitches, and Shane Bieber's going to be able to get them with a lot, I think. So I think you'll see his strikeout total around eight or nine tonight at plus 114. Uh, very much like that. I can dig it. And uh, Hall, I'll answer your question just after tennis there. Uh, yeah, some interesting news in the world of NBA and. Uh, well, I think we'll get through this part first because just two tennis picks for me. Um, again, the way things are going, Budapest is finished right now. There's no lines I could really bet in Budapest because they're not open. 
Um, looking over in Tokyo, a couple numbers that I almost bet are Queen Zhang plays tomorrow. Nice parlay piece at minus 325 if you're looking to stick that with something. I couldn't find a nice partner. I might do something um, with that myself a little bit later. Um, but as we look into Seoul, two matches. Um, gave this one out yesterday. They weren't able to get to it. Tata Maria Linzu, uh, the first set there, over nine and a half. I'm seeing standard juice or even a little bit better on that. I think this match total probably closes right around 22. I'm starting to see some juicy 21 and a halfs. Should just be a really long match, even if it is two sets. Probably we'll try to find an over 10 and a half and an over 12 and a half there as well. And then a new pick, uh, Emiratu Kanu. This one will be tonight as well. Looks like they have everybody caught up here. It goes against Magdalene Net. Um, seeing a spread of anywhere from minus two to minus three. But if you can find a minus three there at plus 110, uh, I think that's a really nice look. Radu Kanu, um, you know, just from a, you know, overall tennis sort of ability, much better than Magdalene Net. Um, Lynette having a solid end of the year, you know, generally kind of makes her hay in some of these smaller events, did well in Chennai, has had a solid week this week, but Emma, the much better tennis player, should be able to grab control of this match and generally won't give Lynette the errors she's used to getting for maybe some worse players. So give me Emma there, minus three games. And Rick Daddy, any thoughts on better numbers doubles match? I have no idea what to expect. Uh, Roger Federer hasn't played competitive tennis, I believe, in over a year at this point. Um, I'm not sure when the last time Nadal played doubles even was. So it's a fun matchup to watch, but I'd be careful. Jack Sock is one of the best doubles players, arguably, of all time. And Tiafo's very good as well. So I might actually lean towards the favorite there a little bit. But given the tournament, the fact that you know, yes, the labor cupper is important, but if there were ever a chance for maybe Federer to get a little bit of an advantage from either the crowd or the players across the net and want to see him win one more time, it's just hard to handicap. From a pure tennis perspective, I think there's probably some value in um, Sock and Tiapo, though. So, um, oh, I like that. Jack Sock to retire if he's losing. That's a great bet. Maybe that's what will happen. And circling back, yes, M.A. Udoka, as I'm sure that you've heard if you've been awake and alive for even at least a few hours this morning and on the Twitterverse, apparently is in danger of being suspended for anywhere from a few games to the entire season, basically. Yeah, I thought I saw the year today. Like, what? It's so for that little minutiae year with the site. With the Celtics title win that feels like Colton. subterfuge to me it feels like the Celtics are sort of putting that out there so the fans are like whoa 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 you don't have to spend them for a whole year because this doesn't appear to be a violation of NBA policy um or any written policy that anyone seems to be able to find but the Celtics apparently have some sort of proof that Mr. Udoka was intimately involved with a um female member of the Celtics staff whomever that may be I don't believe this person's been identified and hopefully is not because she doesn't need to deal with any of this crap. Um, Udoka, again, might be suspended. We have no idea for how long. So, Holt, I guess what I would say is don't bet the Celtics now. And if he does get suspended, just wait and bet them earlier because there will be probably a little bit of move against them. In the long term, if he's suspended for the entire season, it all depends on, you know, sort of who the coach is that's coming in. But we know if he's out for – you know, a couple months, maybe this has been after all-star break. Again, it's, it's just, I, I wish I could tell you that I have any idea how long he's going to be suspended, whether it be games, weeks, months, the entire season. So I think because we don't know that, it's hard to see what the implications are. But, you know, again, if you look through the scenarios, if he really is out for the entire year, if they can find a reasonable human being to kind of step in there and, and hold the team down for a year, you know, maybe they 
Brad Stevens goes back down to the bench for a year just to sort of patch through. I mean, that could be really motivating for that Celtics team. And it's just, it's just a strange, strange thing. Coming off losing the finals like that, all the talk about them maybe trading Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant, making some of the moves that they have, and then have this come out. I think basically my advice would be is don't bet the Celtics now. If you want to bet some Celtics unders, go sooner rather than later because those numbers will move as soon as any sort of announcement is made. So I'm not doing anything. And if he is suspended, I'll probably wait and honestly bet the Celtics. But it's just way too much unknown and way too much variety in what we're seeing reported. Yeah, it's just a weird story. It's very, very weird. I don't know why it justifies a suspension against maybe unless there's some sort of team policy we don't know about. Uh, That's apparently what it is. There's some sort of team policy or organization policy against dating coworkers or something. Unless you, I I don't know. It's just, there is a lot to unpack. Unfortunately, I don't think we can unpack it today on this show. Probably need a labor lawyer, honestly, to figure parts of it out. So we'll find somebody. I wish I could get Andy on the now. Yeah. Just wait, wait for a little bit better reporting and feedback here. It's just, we don't know. So maybe we'll know more tomorrow, though. But we'll be back. Andy will be back, hopefully, with new countertops. Maybe we'll drag, drag Matt back. A little I more think I'm about tomorrow, too. I'll have some college football tomorrow? stuff. Yeah, I'll have some college football. Yeah, we'll we need help hopefully, hopefully the Cubs play at home so we can get a day baseball game. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll, we'll have some good stuff tomorrow. And then, look, you got NBA futures around the corner. I got some NHL futures coming around the corner. We're a month out here from the uh, That's from good. The I'm going to need some help on win total Wednesday eventually. But – Thanks again, everybody, for watching. Thumbs up, like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Check out all our great sponsors, FanDuel, No Home Advantage, Profit Exchange, great night for prop picks. Get in there and do some goofy prop picks entries with all these running backs and whatnot. And we will see you tomorrow to recap a very, hopefully, profitable Thursday Night Football. Yeah.